Chapter Twenty Three of Lives of the Most Remarkable Criminals, Volume Three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Lives of the Most Remarkable Criminals, Volume Three, by Arthur L. Hayward. The Life of James Drummond folly and wickedness as it were naturally lead men to poverty shame and misfortunes but when such miseries overtake persons who lived soberly and in all outward appearance honestly it is apt to create wonder at first and afterwards to excite compassion the unhappy man of whom we are now speaking was the son of a sailor who brought him when but a boy of three years of age up to london and then dying left him to the care of his mother who was too poor to give him any education however he went to sea and being a young man ingenious enough in himself and very tractable in his temper he soon became a tolerable proficient in the practical parts of navigation this recommended him to pretty constant business whereby he got enough to maintain himself and his family handsomely enough if he had thought fit to have employed it that way which for a considerable space of time he did keeping up a very good reputation in the neighbourhood where he lived and serving with a fair character on board several men of war going up the baltic with squadrons sent thither to preserve the swedish coast from being insulted by the muscovites after his return he served on board the fleet which destroyed that of the spaniards in sicily he was afterwards coxswain and the admiral when they served in the mediterranean and on the coast of spain but coming home at last and being weary of going to sea he took up the trade of selling china and some small goods about the country in which he got so established a character that the gentleman with whom he chiefly dealt would have trusted him a hundred pounds on his word and never anything gave a greater shock to his neighbours and acquaintances than the news of his being apprehended for highwaymen however it seems he had been engaged to that course by his brother notwithstanding that till then he had lived not only honestly but with tolerable sentiments of religion the method in which he was drawn to turn robber on a sudden was thus on the nineteenth of october seventeen twenty nine his brother came to him as he was working on the outside of a ship on the other side of the water and invited him to go out with him to a public-house to which at first he was very unwilling but at last suffering himself to be prevailed upon he and his brother went together to a house not far distant where they drank to a higher pitch than james drummond had ever done before his brother all along insinuated how advantageous a trade the highway was owning that he had followed nothing else for some years past and saying there was not the least hazard run in it at the same time advising his brother to quit laboring hard and to take to it too james was now grown so drunk that he hardly knew what he did so that after much persuasion he got up behind his brother upon the same horse but was afterwards set down it being judged by both of them to be better to rob on foot while he who was well armed and well mounted might be able to defend them both having come to this fatal agreement they immediately set about those enterprises which they had consulted together the first robbery they committed was upon mr william iskrig from whom they took sixteen guineas seven half guineas 
three broad pieces one moidor twenty shillings in silver and a watch value two pounds not satisfied with this the same night they attacked one mr wakeling on the same road and took from him a silver watch and three or four shillings in money though not without much resistance mr wakeling having drawn his sword and defended himself for a considerable time but perceiving one of the rogues to be a footpad he followed him so closely and made such an outcry to the watch that after a long pursuit and a sharp struggle with him they took james drummond prisoner his brother after firing a pistol or two rode off as fast as he could at the ensuing sessions at the old bailey he was indicted for both offences and upon very full and dear evidence convicted it was impossible to describe the agonies which this unhappy man suffered while under sentence of death the sense of his own condition the reflection on his former character unsullied and unstained amongst the whole neighbourhood the consideration of leaving a wife and five small children behind him with small provision for their support and what was worse exposed to the reflection of the world on score of an unhappy father scandalous in the last actions of his life and ignominious in his death however returning to his former principles and piety in religion he comforted himself under the weight of all his misfortunes by leaning on the mercy of god praying fervently to him to grant him patience and protection under those dreadful evils which he suffered he acknowledged all to be exactly true which was deposed against him at his trial confessed the justice of his sentence and prepared to undergo it with as much submission and resignation as was possible and indeed perhaps no criminal ever behaved with more penitence than he did he died on monday the twenty-second of december seventeen twenty nine being then forty years of age end of chapter twenty three